Wendy's going to come and read for us this morning uh, from Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Thank you, Wendy. Touch is an interesting thing. One of the great things that we've been blessed with by God. It's one of our five senses. If you're a man, I think there's a few more for the ladies. But if you're a man, uh, touch is one of those senses. And one of the things that, 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 that's marvelous. There's good, bad, and there's incredible ways of touching people. Think about a mother touching her little baby. I love it when you have a newborn and when Vanessa was here the first Sunday with her brand new baby in the mother's room at the back I, I went back you, know, you can't help but sort of just want to touch the little cheek of that baby there's something about and you know when that little baby wraps its little hand around your finger man that's incredible incredible isn't it that touch that touch think about the first time you touched a boy or a girl's hand you were maybe a teenager you remember that that, that special person, and, 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 and you were sitting close to them, and you were figuring out ways that you could sort of put your hand down and sort of slide it over to sort of, you know, just sort of touch them and kind of, and, oh, yeah, you know, and, oh, and, you, you know, you remember that, you know? And just so you could get your arm, you could just, just touch them, you know? And, 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 and when you finally got to hold their hand, it was like electricity was going up your arm. I mean, actually holding a girl's hand, I mean, incredible, incredible, right? It was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Some of us are thinking back a long way. <laughs> You're thinking, well, just uh, hang on, you know. But uh, it's coming back slowly, but surely. Uh, I mean, a long time since electricity. I know, yeah. But uh, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? And then, of course, there's the bad touch, 
right? You remember with your brother or sister when you were in the car way back? He's touching me. He's touching mom. Tell him stop that touch. You know, remember that? It's some bad touches, right? You know, we, we Canadians, we, we, we've always been about social distancing. We, we want our space. This isn't new, right? When they came out and said social distancing for Canadians, we said, what? We, we, we always want space. We don't want somebody close to us. You get on the bus, and you got to make sure nobody touches you, you know? You're kind of, because we're Canadians, right? You just sort of, you're always social distance, because you don't want somebody touching you. Remember the touch of somebody when you're sick in a hospital bed. My mom went into the hospital on the day my, my father was going to heaven. He was in a coma already. She got to sit by the bed. COVID was happening, but the, the nurses let her come in. And, and she sat in a chair next to the bed and just held my dad's hand, talked to him until he slipped to his reward in heaven. What, what an amazing thing. Amazing. Because there's something incredible about touching, about touching somebody else, about coming in contact with somebody else. It's, it's an amazing thing. And in the story that Wendy has reminded us about as she read, I, I love the story. Because this woman had a condition. She was bleeding. And you can imagine the problems that that brought to her. Not only was it a physical issue and they didn't have all the stuff that we have today, but it was, a, it was a social and really a spiritual issue because there's all sorts of laws about, about those kind of things. You, you couldn't be around other people. You certainly couldn't let a man touch you, all that stuff, right? She tried everything. She'd gone to the doctor. She'd gone to the specialist. She'd, she'd been to all the places. She'd spent all her money, but she wasn't getting any better. In fact, the Bible says she got worse. She got worse. But she heard that there was a prophet going around, and he was doing miracles. Things were happening. People were being healed. She said to herself, if, if, if I can just get close enough to him, if I can just get close enough to somehow have him respond to me, maybe I can touch him even, and I know I'll be healed. I know I'll be healed. We've read how her faith finally had an opportunity to come into contact with the Savior. Because of that, she was healed. Something wonderful happened. In fact, the impossible became possible. Beautiful. When I, when I look at this and I, I think about the story, I, I, I read through the Gospels and I see, you know, Jesus touched a lot of people. In fact, everywhere he went, he was touching people all the time. He loved to touch people. And when, when I look through, I, I see there's, there's things that happen. Was, you know, Jesus, he would touch people and, for cleansing, like, like the leper, lots of lepers. They weren't supposed to touch anybody else. But Jesus, he didn't care. He touched them so they would be cleansed and be healed. In other cases, Jesus healed people, like Peter's mother-in-law. Totally healed. Sick, totally healed. Jesus did all sorts of miracles like that. Other times when Jesus touched people, he brought new sight to them, like the blind man. Jesus spat on the ground, made a little mud, touched him, put it in his eyes and said, now go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And when he washed, his sight was restored. Jesus brought new sight. Other times, 
I see that Jesus brought new life. His touch brought new life. Like the widow's dead son, Jesus came along. And when Jesus touched him, his life was restored. He was alive again. When I think about those categories or those, those groupings, I, I think, you know, that's exactly the kind of thing that Jesus always does. When Jesus touches, he, he's able to cleanse. He's able to heal. He's able to bring new sight. He's able to bring new life. And I want you to know the same Jesus who touched and healed back then and brought new life and, and sight is still alive today. It's the same Jesus that's responding to people today. He can still cleanse. He can still heal. He can still bring new sight. He can still, still bring new life. Hallelujah. That's the Jesus that we love and that we serve. And not just physically, Jesus is able to come and do that spiritually as well. He cleanses, hallelujah, from all our sins and all our past. He comes and he brings uh, healing to us so that the things that were broken and disturbed, now Jesus heals them and restores them. He brings new sight to us so that the things that we didn't see before, spiritually our eyes are open and he brings us new life. We're born again by the power of God because of Jesus, hallelujah. That's what he does all the time. That's what he does all the time. Jesus touches people. Many of us are here today because Jesus has touched us in some way. He's touched us. But there's another whole side to the touching issue. Because it always takes two to tango, right? Jesus went to the cross and died. They buried him in a grave. And on the third day... God raised him from the dead, showing that he accepted the sacrifice of Jesus in our place for our sins, raised him from the dead, and eventually after 40 days, he rose to heaven. Now he's seated at the right hand of God, that place of authority and power, interceding on our behalf, pleading our case there before us in heaven. The work of salvation has been done. It's all accomplished. Now it's up to us what we do with that work of salvation. Will we accept Jesus? Will we accept salvation? Or will we say, no, thanks very much, I'm okay? It's up to us. We have to decide. We have to decide how we're going to come in contact with Jesus, or if we're going to come in contact. Are we going to touch Jesus or not? That's really the issue. It's really the issue. So where Wendy started to read in Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, Jesus had been on the other side of the lake with his disciples and some amazing things happened. But when they came back to this side of the lake, one of the synagogue leaders, Jairus, came running to Jesus and said, my, my little girl, 12 years old, back home, she, she's sick. Please, won't you come and touch her? Won't you come and heal her? I've heard you've done that. I've, I've maybe, maybe even seen it. Won't you come to my house and touch my daughter so she'll be better? And so Jesus agreed and he's on his way. And, of course, there was the crowd that was there, people thronging around, people wanting to see Jesus and get close to him, just like, just like any superstar. Finally, he's here. We've heard about him. And in the midst of that crowd, Jesus stops all of a sudden and says, who touched me? Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. Something different happened in this moment. And, you know, the disciples... I'm glad to be a disciple, but sometimes you got to feel badly for these guys, right? Peter says, are you kidding me? 
Look at all the people. I'm just about being trampled. We're, we're, we're trying to keep the people away from me. We're pushing them back. We're, we're like, you know, bodyguards going around and keeping you safe. They're pushing against me. They're stepping on my foot. And you say somebody touched you? Come on. Jesus says that again. No, no. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. And the little lady, now healed, now fully restored, no longer bleeding, hallelujah. She comes and she falls, trembling at Jesus' feet, and she says, it was me. It was me. I know I wasn't supposed to do it. I know it's not right, but thank you so much that I'm healed. And Jesus takes a moment. To tell her how important she is. To tell her how much he really cares. Because you see, when people have got a bad problem, somehow it makes us feel like we're hopeless. Something wrong with me. I can't go to God. I can't go to Jesus. It's hopeless. You know, this story could have happened, this miracle could have happened, but never been recorded. But somehow, the Holy Spirit made sure that this story was recorded, and Jesus stopped because he wanted all of us to know, just like this little lady, it doesn't matter what your condition is. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter what other people think, matter all the rules and regulations are. It doesn't matter what you think in your own heart and spirit, that I'm terrible, that I'm beyond help, that nobody can, 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 can really care about me and love me. Jesus stops and he takes some time to show her, you're important. I can do something about it. Nothing is impossible with Jesus. Hallelujah. Nothing. He can change it, and he takes time, and he says, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Hallelujah. See, because that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. When I look at this whole crowd that's around Jesus, I, I see three groups of people that are involved there, three groups of people that are involved in the story. First of all, there's the crowd, right? There's the crowd. They're just there out of curiosity. Probably most of them had never seen Jesus before. But they're there because somehow they heard he's coming to town and they want to see him. They want to know what's going on. And they're just there to observe and, 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 and see what's going on. There's no belief in their heart. There's no uh, connection with Jesus. They're just like a lot of people in the world today. The only contact they have with Jesus is when Jesus comes to town at Christmas time every year, right? And so they sing a few carols, they put up some decorations, they may even go to a church service, give some presents to their family, and they don't think about Jesus anymore, unless maybe when they're putting out the chocolate Easter eggs, they remember that somehow, you know, this has got something to do with Jesus dying, or I, I don't, whatever. Right? They're just part of the crowd. Like a lot of people in our world. People right out there. People that live next to you. People that work with you. People that go to school with you. Just part of the crowd. 
But the second group of people that I see are the ones that were around Jesus. They, 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 they knew Jesus a little better. They'd been with Jesus before. They knew where he was last week. They'd seen him do some miracles. They were followers. They were, they were around Jesus. They may even be able to tell you some of the things that he taught, maybe even quote some of the words that he said. They were just around Jesus. But they never really had an experience, a personal experience of touching Jesus, of having their lives radically changed by Jesus. Maybe they didn't have some great need like the little lady did. Maybe everything was going along pretty good. So they thought just being around Jesus and just seeing him would be good enough. Tick that off in your box. Yeah? My wish list, I, 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 well, I saw Jesus. Tick, you know? Maybe that's what they'd been taught in their religious background. That you just need to be around the things of Jesus. Just be around. Just see him. Just be close. Sing some of the songs. Go to church on Sunday morning. Dress up. Smell good. Just be around Jesus. That's, that, that's your religious tradition. Don't get too excited. Don't get too excited. Just, just be around Jesus. A lot of people like that in our world today. A lot of people that sit on their blessed assurance in a church just like this, just to be around Jesus. Happy to be there. But then there's the third kind of person, and that, that's this little lady, right? The whole destiny of her life was wrapped up in this moment of contact with Jesus. Her whole life was changed because she came into contact with Jesus. She wasn't just there to see Jesus. She wasn't just there to hear Jesus. You know, she could have gone home after it was all over, and somebody at home would have said, well, how'd it go? Well, you know, Jairus was there, and, 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 and he had a real need, and Jesus agreed to go and see his daughter and heal her. And, and uh, did you see Jesus? Yeah, I saw him. I saw him, and I, I heard him talk a little bit. I, 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 was, I was right there. It was great. We enjoyed it. I feel better, you know, but... She would have been the same in her physical body as when she started out. But she, she heard about Jesus and she said, you know what? I got to have some faith rise up in my heart somehow. She probably didn't know where it came from. But she was so desperate that she said, you know what? I've got to get there. I'm not just going to see him. I'm not just going to hear him. I'm not just going to be around him. I'm not just going to let anybody push me aside. I've got to get close enough to touch him. And nobody was letting her near. Certainly not the disciples. They were too busy with their stuff. So she had to squeeze through. She wasn't allowed to do that. She shouldn't have done that. But she was so desperate. She said, I'm going to get close enough that I'm going to reach my hand out and, I'm, and I'm just touch the hem of his garment. You know, and I've heard some messages and I've read some stuff about, you know, whether it was the Jewish prayer shawl and the tassels. Or, you know, I'm not that smart. I, I, I don't preach that finesse, you know. I just want to go for the main point. I just want to go for the main point, which is 
she reached out and she touched Jesus, something happened. Something happened. Hallelujah. I didn't come to church just to look good. I didn't come to church just to smell good. I didn't just come to church to make you feel good. When we come to church, we come because Jesus is here. Hallelujah. We come to touch Jesus. We come to see the one that is above every other person in the world. Hallelujah. We come because something happens when we come in contact with Jesus. It's all about being with Jesus. That's what it's about. It's about Jesus. And when I look at the story, I see, you know, this little lady, this miracle happened because of three words that I see in the story. They all start with D. D's a good letter. It's a good letter. They all start with D, so it's easy to remember. The first is desperation. Desperation. You see, I, I, I read along with Wendy. She tried everything. She spent all her money. She went to every specialist. She grew worse. Nothing was working. Nothing was happening. She was getting worse. Nobody could help her. Have you ever been in a place where you feel hopeless? Where you feel like it's gone? I'm, I'm not going to make it? Somebody, I've talked to them, I know. You're desperate. She was so desperate. She didn't care what people thought. She didn't care whether it was politically correct. She didn't care whether it was religiously correct. She just wanted to get to Jesus. Because if I can just touch Jesus, there's no other hope. There's no other way. She was desperate. She was desperate. And the second D word is determination. Determination. Boy, she was determined. Amen. Hallelujah. She said to herself, you know what? I'm going to get to Jesus. I don't care whether Peter's in the way. I'll just kind of, you know, kind of get, you know, I'm getting there. Come hell or high water. Are you to say hell in church? Come hell or high water. I'm just going to get there. I'm determined. What does the Bible say? She said, if I can just get close enough to touch Jesus... I will be healed. She is determined. She's determined. Where did it come from? What made her different from everybody else? Because Jesus stopped and only talked to her. Right? What made her different? Where did she get this determination? Well, I read in verse 27, it says, when she heard about Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, something happened inside her. She resolved. She had faith rise up. She said, you know what? This is for me. I'm going to get there. I'm going to touch you. Nothing else has worked. I'm going to get there. You know, some people say, you know, she was, she was just kind of hoping that, well, I'll give it a try. Let me, let, me, let me try it and see if it works. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I think she was so determined because she had faith rise up in her heart. And when she had faith, she reached out. You see, when Jesus was there, Jesus wasn't just like a live electrical cord that was flapping around. And if you touched it, you got, you got a little, right? No, Jesus wasn't like that. All the crowd was milling around and touching him and pushing him. The people were there. The disciples were, were trying to manipulate him through the crowd. And only one person got something. Because faith is what flips the switch. 
Jesus was there. His power was there. But it's not just like a a, a live electrical cord that's just going to zap everybody. There has to be faith. And when faith in that little lady's heart became something practical, she reached out in faith and she touched Jesus, she was healed. Hallelujah. Do you know what? Everything that happens in a church service like this, Everything that a preacher gets ready and preaches to you and uses the word of God is about getting you, getting you to have faith rise up in your heart. There's got to be a response of faith in your heart. I can stand up here and preach till the cows come home. I don't know when that is, but we could try it. I can preach till I'm blue in the face. I could tell you every story. I could rant and rave. I could jump up and down. I could yell and scream. But you know what? Until you take it and until faith comes into your heart and you say, ah, that's for me. That's for me. I believe it. I'm going to do something about it. Until you have faith rise up in your heart, all of it is good. You're just like the crowd. You're just like those that are around Jesus. But until you've got faith that rises up and becomes a living faith, that you reach out in faith and you touch Jesus, you get a hold of him, because that's what's going to make a difference in your life. You may not have a physical problem. You may have some other kind of problem. You may not have any problems. Speak to me after the service. I'd like to know how you do it. You may not have any problems. I don't know. But you know what? You need to be in touch with Jesus because when you touch Jesus, he will take care of what you need. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can do it. He's the only one. That's why we come to church. That's why we come here this morning. That's why we forget about all the stuff that's out there. We come not to see the preacher, not to see the good worship team. And that was good worship team this morning. We're going to have some more before we go home. But we come because Jesus is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And where Jesus is, stuff happens. Good stuff happens. Impossible things happen. You know what? Faith doesn't make it easy Faith makes it possible, hallelujah. And when you've got faith in a living Jesus, in a God that threw the world into into place, that put all the things that we know just by the word of his power, the God who sent his son into this world, he sent his son so that we could have life full and abundant. He came to save us. He came to set us free. He came so that we might be with him in heaven forever and forever. You could almost get excited about that. Hallelujah. Where was I? Determination, right? Oh, folks. If you don't remember anything about Dean Skinner for the rest of your life, it doesn't matter. What matters is that somehow through my being here or through any preacher that you have, faith rises up in your heart and in your spirit. It doesn't matter what the doctors have told you. It doesn't matter what your body is doing. It doesn't matter what the economy is doing. It doesn't matter who's in political office. It doesn't matter except that when we come in contact with Jesus... All things are possible. Hallelujah. Our lives will be changed. We will never be the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're determined. We're going to hang on. We're going to keep going. We're going to stand firm. We're not going to let go. We're going to love Jesus with all that we are because he's the only way. He's the only answer. Determined. 
Man, that little lady was determined. Hallelujah. Twelve disciples couldn't keep her away. She was determined. And the third word is demonstration. Demonstration. Hallelujah. She, she was desperate, but she was determined. And when she came and she reached out and she touched Jesus in faith, believing that that touch would bring life and restore her to health and strength and make her what she was before and give her a whole new outlook and give her a future and a hope. When she reached out and she touched Jesus, there was demonstration. The Bible says immediately, immediately in her body she was made well. The King James said she was made whole. Amen. Hallelujah. She was made whole. She was made like she was supposed to be. She was made all that God wanted her to be. You know what? There needs to be the demonstration in us of what Jesus has come to do. That's why it's okay to say amen out loud, brother. That's why it's okay to raise your hand. That's why it's okay to get a little bit excited. Because you know what? Jesus has done something in our lives that nobody else can do. He's done for us what we need to have done more than anything else. More than what you get at school. More than what you get at work. More than what you get at the bank. Jesus came to give us life. There needs to be a demonstration. Something happened. Something happened. She was set free. She was made completely well. She walked away. One little lady who in the big scheme of the world means nothing. Who even in the world of Jesus and what was going on that day was just one little side note. But not to Jesus. But not to Jesus. Because you know what? Jesus loved her. Jesus cared about her. Jesus felt virtue or healing power flow out of him. And he was happy that she was healed. And I want to tell you today, Jesus doesn't want you to stay where you are. He doesn't want you to stay in your hurt and in your pain. He doesn't want you to stay in your sickness and, 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 and your guilt and your shame. Jesus loves you. You say, but I'm just one little person. Hallelujah. That's good news. Because Jesus came for every single person. Hallelujah. There are people here that I've talked to in this congregation that are sitting here today that have had the healing power of Jesus touch them. I can tell you the story of Wendy, my wife. Cancer in her body. How many years ago? I can't even remember how many years ago. 2004. She looks pretty good today, right? Why? Not it's Jesus touched her. I don't know how. I don't know why. We prayed. We believed. And there's other people here. You matter to Jesus. Jesus wants to respond to you. You know when I look down what's happening in Asbury University down in the States, you think it's just a bunch of young people, right? There's got to be thousands like them all over the place. But in faith, they say, Jesus, I just want to get something from you today. I just want to worship you, and I want to come in contact with you, and I want you to come and let your presence fill me from the inside out. I want you to fill me up. I want your power to be in me. I want to know you. I want, I want to just experience the fullness of who you are. I want, to, I want you to come and touch me, and I want to touch you. And you know what? Jesus showed up. I don't think he could help himself. He had to show up because Jesus always shows up when there's that kind of faith. 
He can even show up in Stovo, in Ontario, in Canada. He can show up here. Why? Because there's faith. Because we say, you know what? I'm not leaving until I touch Jesus. I'm not leaving until I get that experience where something happens. I don't just want to be around Jesus and hear another little sermon and sing a couple more songs. I don't want to just be part of the crowd to see what's going on. I want to come in contact with Jesus, and I will never be the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what it's about. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love. You love the whole world. But, oh, I'm so glad you love Dean. So glad you love Wendy. So glad you love Doris. So glad you love us individually. You know us by name. You sent Jesus, Father, into this world so that we could have our sins forgiven. All that stuff that was holding us back from a relationship with you could get taken care of and we could come back into relationship and be your sons and your daughters. We could know your presence in our lives right now. We would know that we're on our way to heaven for eternity with you when that day comes. But until then, you want to be with us. You want us to touch you so that your power will flow into us, so that our lives will be changed, our bodies will be changed, everything will be changed about us, that we will know that you are alive and that you're real. And Heavenly Father, in this place today, there are people that need to touch you. They need to touch you. I pray right now for faith to rise up in our hearts. I pray for faith to rise up in our spirits. I pray, Lord, that there will be something of the power of God that will fill us. Even faith like a little mustard seed. If we can just believe you, O God. If we can just say, yes, it's for me today. Something powerful can happen in every single one of our lives. More than what we've known in the past. More than we've experienced. We want all of you. We want all that you've got for us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The worship team is going to come. Come on, worship team. They're going to sing a great hymn, a great hymn, a true hymn. The words are so good and so true. I'm going to ask you to do something today that maybe you have never done before. Maybe you don't do often. Maybe because of COVID, we haven't been doing enough of. I'm going to ask you as we start to sing this, that there comes a response in our heart. You know what? Jesus was there, but he never forced anybody to touch him. Never. But when somebody touched him, something happened. I can't force you to do anything. It would be wrong of me to even try. But you know what? When Jesus is there, let's reach out and touch him. Let's come into contact with the one that is able to do exactly and more than what we could ever ask, imagine, or think. Let's come into contact with this Jesus. Let's touch him today. Let's reach out. How are you going to do that? Well, it's going to be a little bit different for every one of us. But if you in your heart would just say, Jesus, I'm coming to you in faith. And if you'll reach out to Jesus today, Jesus never lets us down. Never lets us down. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you want to stay in your seat and sing and worship, Focus your attention on Jesus. Focus your attention on Jesus. The friend that sticks closer than any brother. The friend who came to give you what nobody else can give. If you're back in your seat and you feel comfortable raising your hands, I'd encourage you to do that. 
Lift your hands to the Lord. Just like that little lady reached out. Reach, reach, reach to Jesus. In fact, I'm going to ask those of you that feel comfortable to come and I'd love to see this whole, just be jammed around this altar. I'd like to see us standing around here with our hands raised, singing to Jesus, asking for Jesus. You know what? Your family needs Jesus. Your home needs Jesus. This community needs Jesus. And Jesus wants to do something in us to bless us and to help us and to touch us so that we will be salt and light in this community. He wants to come and let his presence be real. He didn't give us this building just so that we can come and have a, a warm time in here when it's cold outside. He gave us this building to be a light in this community. So Jesus, we're saying, we're going to come. Would you come, stand around this altar, close your eyes, reach your hands out. Come on, let's be in touch with you. Reach out and touch Jesus. Go ahead, Vanessa. Let's sing. Let's worship the Lord together. Thanks for listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stouffville Pentecostal Church, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a great week.